0: Hello everyone and welcome to That's my opinion! My name is Bacon Bears and that's my opinion. Today we're just going to get into the story time because it's a long story. So uh, if you guys have followed me on social media, you know that uh, we just got out of a seven-day hospital stay with my three-year-old daughter. And it's been a rough couple of weeks us. So on Monday, May 22nd, I was getting ready to take my son on a field trip. My mother-in-law was staying at the house. She was going to stay with my daughter so that I could take my son to his field trip at school. As most of you know, my son is autistic, so I was going to be his one-on-one for this field trip. So I got up, I got showered, I started packing our bag, I was getting our snacks together and everything, and my daughter comes out of the bed and she comes into the kitchen and she goes, Hi, mom. And I said, Hi, baby. And I turn and her eyes are on the opposite sides of her face. And I was like, it it I was like, oh, hi. And in my head, I'm like, what the fuck is that? So she runs up to me and I pick her up and I hold her. And I'm I'm holding her and I'm like. What the fuck did I just see? Like what? Okay. So I put her on the counter and I said uh I go, "Hi, hi honey." I go, "How do you feel? Are you sick? Does anything hurt? Are you?" And she goes, "No." And she's looking at me and her eyelid on her right eye, her eyelid is drooped. Her eye itself is down to the right and the pupil is so huge. The entire eye looked black. And I'm like, okay, uh, I need to go talk to your nana for a second. So I put her down on the couch. I give her a tablet. I go, you stay right here. Don't go anywhere, okay? And I run down the stairs, and my mother-in-law just happened to be in the bathroom, like, also getting ready for the morning to take care of my daughter. And I go, um, I think we're going to switch kids because I need to take my daughter to the hospital, And she goes, the hospital? And I said, one of her eyes is not working. And she goes, what do you mean? And I go, it's not tracking. One of her eyes is tracking where I am and her other eye is not. And she goes, okay. So she comes upstairs and I started to try to like calmly give my daughter like kind of a vision test. Um, And I do have to say in this moment, uh, I'm really proud of my mother-in-law and myself uh, because an emergency scenario like mine, my emotions always hit me later, but my mother-in-law came upstairs and we're both standing there and we're like, hi, baby, like, how are you doing? And she's like, I'm OK. But inside, I'm like just fire bells and whistles like <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? So, you know, we hold up. Um, I had my mother-in-law hold up like two things of two different colors. And I'm like, can you see the colors? And, and I mean, she just woke up and she didn't want to do anything. And, uh, you know, at first I'm like, I don't know if she can see. So I looked at and sometimes I feel I'm like, maybe I'm just being a little over dramatic. So I look at my mother-in-law and I'm like, you see it, right? And she goes, yeah, I can see it. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I'm going to take her to the emergency room. So I pack her up. At this point in time, I had taken a picture and I had taken a video because my kids Uh, you know, it's kind of like a car when you take it to a car shop, like it just starts working. So I immediately took a picture and a video because in the off chance that this started working by the time we got to the hospital, I wanted to be able to show the doctors what I was seeing. Um, and also my kids perform better at home than they will in front of a doctor. So I just wanted to make sure that I could get her eyes to move and be open. And I find that videoing my kids and then bringing that stuff to a doctor has been super helpful for me so I took the picture and the video and I had sent it to my husband and I guess the picture and the video never came through so I pack my daughter up and I put her in the car and I'm like she's like where are we going and I'm like we're gonna go see some doctors (laughs) like (laughs) because something is not okay and as we're driving I call my husband and I'm like I'm taking our daughter to the ER and usually this is a conversation that I'll be like Do you think and I'm like I don't even care what he says at this point like we have to go so I call him and I said you know I'm taking our daughter to uh, the ER and he goes What do you mean you're taking her to the ER and I'm like Her eye doesn't work and he goes What do you mean her eye doesn't work and I'm like It's not tracking her eye is not moving and i was like i sent you the videos and the and the pictures and he's like they never came through so he he has no grasp on what i'm telling him like he just her eye doesn't work like what does that mean so um he was like do you want me to s- stop working and come be with you and i said not yet let me let me go and do this and i will call you back um <clears throat> because a lot of times when our family is in an emergency scenario Do I have it? Because if I got it, then don't worry about coming home from work. I'll just take care of it. Uh, But I learned my lesson with my son that I should not go to the hospital by myself because when you're in the ER and your children are sobbing, as a mother, emotionally, sometimes that's all I can pay attention to is my kids crying. And it's hard for me to do that and then process what the doctors are saying. So I called my best friend and I said, uh, you know, I knew she would be up because her kids also go to school and she lives close to the hospital. And she called me back and she goes, what's up? And I said, I was like, I was like oddly calm on the phone, but I said, um, would you come be with me at the hospital? And she goes, yeah, why? What's going on? And I said, my daughter, um, her eye isn't working. I can't be there by myself would you just come be with me and and she's like 10 minutes like let me get my daughter to school and I'll be right over there and she goes okay or I said okay and um so I park the car I get her inside and I go to check her in and uh the guy at the counter he's like you know what's your what's your reason for being here today and I said my daughter is I and she's like nuzzled into my like neck, and she's she's clinging on to me because now she knows we're at the doctor, and I'm trying to stay as calm as possible. And um, the guy at the counter had said, "You know, why are you here?" And I said, uh, "My daughter's eye doesn't work." And he goes, "What do you mean it doesn't work?" And I said, "I don't know. It's not tracking." And he goes, "Okay," and he checks us in, and the the nurse comes in and and the nurse comes in and and she gets us right away and she goes hi honey can i see your face and my daughter raises her face and the nurse goes oh and i was like well that doesn't feel good like when <laughs> when medical professionals are like you know <laughs> that's not great so she takes all her vitals and everything's fine no temperature no blood pressure no not- nothing and She's like, "We're going to get you guys a room right away. We'll have somebody see you." And I was like, "Okay." So um they get us into a room and the nurses come in and you know, they have to give her like a little pick line to take blood, to give her meds if she needs it. They have to uh you know, blood pressure. They had, to, they had to run the whole thing when you go into the ER, right? And the doctor comes in and they're looking at her and they're asking me all sorts of questions. And I'm like, you know, she had pink eye a couple of weeks ago. We just took her to the circus. She had face paint. She was wrestling with her brother. She fell off the couch. She hit her head. Like, any one of these things. Any one of these things. And um, he was like, okay. Uh, he's like, listen, I'm going to be real honest with you. Uh, I'm going to take blood, I'm going to run a CT scan, um, and he said, we're going to do this all in the time um, until you can get a transfer to a different hospital. He said, we need to send you, you need to see a pediatric neurologist and a pediatric ophthalmologist and, uh, you know, just you need to see specialists at this point. He's like, but the they'll put in for the transfer. The transfer won't happen until, you know, a couple hours from now. He goes, in that time, we can test for what we can test for here to get that out of the way. And I said, okay. And I said, uh, you know, he was in there and there were like three nurses in there. And I was sobbing. And I said, should I call my husband? And the doctor was like, yeah. And the nurse had like looked at me and she said if I were you um I personally would call my husband. So I said okay. So I called my husband and I'm like, "Hey, um you need to stop working and come to the hospital." And he said okay and he called his boss and his boss was great and um you know, I mean, he flew He got there and uh, we had already tried to give her one CT scan. She wouldn't do it. And they had taken her blood and, you know, uh, and then they when my husband got there, he got my daughter to do the CT scan the second time. And uh, CT scan came back clear. They gave us the results for that and it was clear there's nothing. Um, you know, and in a CT scan, they would be able to see any sort of like head injury or um, mass or tumor or uh, I think a stroke maybe. Um, and they couldn't see anything. So in that time, um, we they transfer us by ambulance. Me and my daughter went into the ambulance. They transfer us to... Uh, different hospital. Um, and then, uh, she fell asleep in the ambulance cause they had tried to like sedate her three different times and it didn't work because she's a gangster. <laughs> I was like, yeah, none of this is working. Um, so she eventually fell asleep in the, in the ambulance and then we got down to the ER at the children's hospital and they were like, okay, you know, the ophthalmologist came in and, um, and I'm sorry, I'm talking so weird. I can just feel myself getting anxious and like talking about this, you know? So <clears throat> the ophthalmologist comes in and they check her eye, obviously, because that's like the biggest thing thing right and they gave her a vision test and um they she did great she did great she passed her vision test uh and they were like all right well we're gonna do an mri we think it's from a virus we're gonna you know we're we're probably just we'll get this we'll go home you know whatever so they do the mri And they like, they never come back. (laughs) Like we sat in the emergency room in that room for hours, like hours. And at this point, my son never went to school. My mother-in-law is still with my son. My mother-in-law was supposed to go home on Tuesday. And she's there by herself with my son. And... You know, obviously she had planned to spend the night because we're now at like nine o'clock at night and she was going to go home Tuesday morning and the doctors come back in and they said we found um, some inflammation around the third nerve, which is the nerve that helps control open um, the opening of your eyelid the movement of your eye and the dilation, the constriction of the dilation of the pupil. So it's the one that makes your pupil come back down smaller. And they said, um, we haven't found any like uh, brain tumors or brain aneurysms or strokes or um, any masses or anything that would put pressure because I guess when this happens, There's a there's a whole group of things that would cause this because what's happening is there's pressure being put on the nerve. So they thought that it was going to be something putting pressure on that particular nerve and they weren't able to find any of that. So when they I guess they go through the most obvious first and then when they don't hit that, then they start going through the less obvious and then the less obvious and less obvious, you know, they start checking everything else. So uh, they did uh, MRI with contrast and without contrast, and they found, um, you know, uh, well, I don't know if this one was with or without contrast, but they found that she has inflammation around the nerve. They haven't found why the pressure is being put on the nerve at this point. So the doctors come in and they say, we need you guys, you're going to stay overnight. We are going to give her another MRI tomorrow, and she's going to need a lumbar puncture, um, which is basically a spinal tap. And the reason that we have to do that is because now we have to look for things that are less obvious. Um, Does she have an infection in her brain? Um, A lot of times infections, I guess, can hide in your brain fluid and the reason that they do the spinal taps or the or the lumbar punctures is because um, that allows them to be able to uh, collect the same fluid that's in your brain to see you know see if there's anything detrimental in the brain. So we were like, okay, so we get into our room that we're going to be staying in at about one a.m. My brother-in-law had come in to stay with my mother-in-law for uh, my son. And they were like, don't, don't even worry about us. We got it. Like, whatever. We'll get him to school in the morning. Not a big deal. I actually told them originally, I was like, don't worry about getting him to school. Just let him sleep. Whatever the case is, I'll figure it out. Because we thought we were coming home Tuesday. So Tuesday comes and the neurology team came in first thing in the morning. They did their rounds between like 9 and 10 a.m. And they come in first thing and there's 10 of them. It's 10 doctors just standing in the room. And, you know, they're asking my daughter to see her eye and doing these light tests and shining lights in her eyes to see how it reacts and all these different things. And they had said, you know, I asked them, I said, what are we looking for in this MRI? And they said, we're looking for, the, we're looking at the blood vessels now. Because there's isolated, um, there's isolated inflammation in the nerve. And sometimes I guess blood vessels can like swell and put pressure on nerves. So they're like, we're going to look at that now. And I'm like, Okay. And they go and they do her MRI and they go and they do her lumbar puncture. And the doctors came and talked to us and they're like, everything went well. And so they had explained to us, too, the worst thing that can happen, like during a lumbar puncture, is that you don't get any fluid and then you have to go back and do it again. So they were like, we got all the fluid that we needed. We got everything, all the imaging in the MRI. We now have two images with contrast and without contrast. We can put these together and hopefully we can get some answers. And I'm like, cool. So Tuesday afternoon-ish, late or in the day, I guess, um, comes around and the doctors are like, you're not going home again. And we were like, okay, not, you know, not a big deal. My mother-in-law and my brother-in-law are like, yeah, we don't care. Whatever, whatever it is. They had actually sent my son to school. They were playing outside and, you know, he was in the pool and they had it taken care of, which was breaking my heart because I left on Monday. I I was so panicked. I didn't even get an opportunity to say goodbye to my son. Um, He's autistic, so I didn't get an opportunity to tell him what we were doing or where we were going. And I really just felt like I abandoned him, like I just left, you know, and in his brain, I didn't want him to f- think that, you know. Um, so it was really hard to, like, be away from him. So Wednesday morning comes around. Uh, The doctors come back for their rounds. And it's not the blood vessels um, there's just inflammation in the nerve. And they had talked to the inflammation specialist. Now, as this, at this point goes on Wednesday, everything has come back negative, which is great, right? There's no life threatening things. There's no cancer, there's no strokes, there's no tumors, there's no diabetes, there's no, uh, you know, anything that they had checked for um, was negative, which is great. But in a weird way, we were so prepared for it to be something and your your body and your brain kind of goes to worst-case scenario. So when the answers started coming back with nothing... You're like, what the fuck? And they're like, you know, we just think it's a a post viral. Uh, you, they call it a post viral cranial third nerve palsy. So they were like, we've spoken. So now we have three teams, right? We have a neurologist team, or a neurology team, we have an ophthalmology team, and we have an inflammation specialist team, and. Neurology has talked to the inflammation specialists and the biggest thing, I guess, is if you have any sort of infection in your body or in your brain or whatever, you cannot be put on steroids because the steroids will make it worse. Because all her tests came back clear, neurology had talked to the inflammation specialists and the inflammation specialists are like, we want to put her on steroids to see if we can take some of the inflammation down in this nerve. Um, And that means it's a three to five day steroid in the hospital through an IV. So on Wednesday, they come and talk to us and they're like, you know, we're still just going over some stuff. Um, We're going to take some blood labs and we'll get back to you. We're like, okay, so we're just waiting. And they come back and they're like, we want to do a three to five day steroid Um, and we'll uh you know see how it goes from there so at this point with my daughter her eyelid is completely closed there's no movement there's no fluttering there's no blinking the eyelid itself is closed the pupil is huge the the eye is way off to the right side so it doesn't look great um you know so just yeah do what you got to do so they come back in they put the steroids in her iv and it's an hour treatment and we sat with her and we were watching a movie and they had this uh they have this like a uh, special floor for just kids to like play so you know we told her we were going to go do that and um You know, just whatever. You could paint, you could play games, you could color, you could do all these things. And we actually, so you can have two people on your support list for the hospital. And we had two people on the support list who were coming in and out of the hospital. Um, You know, and it's hard to play with your kids uh, when you're trying to process everything that's happening. So it was really nice to have them because even though we were present in the playroom with our daughter, our friends were the ones like playing and they were happy and they were having a good time. And, you know, it was nice because it also just gave us a break because we're tired. My husband slept on a a couch that is, uh, three feet too short for him because my husband's like six one. Um, and I slept in the bed with my daughter and I never slept. Uh, you know, uh, my, my daughter is a violent sleeper, <laughs> but also like just every time I would hear the door crack for them to come in and do our vitals, I was like, you know, at a, at alert. And um, so having our friends come every day was so helpful. And also just being able to like chit chat with your friends and like crack jokes or, or whatever, you know. So Wednesday they gave her the first bit of her steroid. And within an hour, her eyes started to flutter. We saw some movement, some blinking a little bit. And we were like, oh, my God. And we told the doctors right away. And they came in. um, And they were like, was this Wednesday or Thursday? I'm sorry, all the days run together. Um... No, no, that was not when they told me. So Wednesday, her eye starts to flutter. We see a little bit of improvement. Um, And then uh, they told us, you know, obviously we know we're staying till at least Friday, maximum Sunday. So Thursday they come in. Thursday, Thursday was my worst day. Thursday was my worst day for multiple reasons. Um, the first reason was because, you know, when, when you have a neurology team or you have a team, right, there's always doctors that come in and out and, and there's, you, you have a couple of doctors that you've seen every day. And then you have a a couple of doctors that are like new in the rotation. And then you have a couple of doctors that you see Tuesday, Wednesday, but you don't see Thursday, Friday, yada, yada, whatever. And the doctor that had come in, the new doctor had said that, they have never seen steroids work on something like this. And now I feel like I've hit the anger stage because I'm like, then why are we doing this? Like, so, and which is also hard because you have multiple teams giving you multiple, like, different information. And that was the first time that I felt like we weren't all on the same page, which was hard. The inflammation specialist gave us the steroids because they thought that this would bring down the inflammation in the nerve in her brain. This neurologist has never seen anything like this work before. He's not confident that it's going to work. So we're just like, ah, this is a trial to see what happens. Which after the fluttering in her eye on Wednesday... Had just completely taken the wind out of my sails. All the doctors left, and I was holding my daughter, and I just started uncontrollably sobbing. I couldn't, I was like shaking. I was sobbing. I couldn't, I couldn't. It, it, by Thursday, I had hit my stress limit. I couldn't take any more. And, I asked my husband, I'm like, just take her on a walk. And so he took her out of the room and he took her on a walk and I just started throwing up. I just, because I'm like, what the fuck? What? <clears throat> Aside from that, in the outside world, um, you know, I've learned a lot through this whole experience. I've learned a lot about what matters Um, You know, I've learned a lot about the things that I've prioritized in my daily life and that none of it matters. None of it matters. Nobody gives a shit if my house is clean by 5 p.m. Nobody cares if we wake up and there's toys on the floor. Nobody cares. And now, um, which is also a nice feeling, I don't care. I don't give a fuck that the laundry baskets are full. I don't care. Aside from what matters, I've learned who matters. And I will tell you that there was an overwhelming amount of support and phone calls and text messages and balloons and flowers and uh, stuffed animals and presents and cards and all these things for my daughter. But it's interesting that at moments like this, there are certain people who will take this as an opportunity to show their ass. And this happened Thursday and Friday. I'm not going to get into the details. Um, because, I, I mean, I, I at this point, I don't care. I cared a lot then. I don't care now because it's done. But it is part of the story. Because it did add extra stress that I didn't need at that time in the hospital. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing to me. It's amazing to me that somebody could use your worst moment as... It's amazing to me that someone could use your worst moment. But I will say this. There's no recovery from this. There is no recovery from trying to find ways to interfere with my life while my daughter is in a hospital bed for days. So that also came on Thursday and Friday. I don't care at this point about anybody who doesn't exist in this household who will try their damnedest to get at the peace of myself and my husband and my children. And that's the end of that. So Thursday, they give her her second round of steroids. And the ophthalmologist comes in and he wants me to start working on patching with her. He gives me a couple of patches and he's like, yeah, just practice the patching, you know. And my husband and I have repeatedly asked everybody, Do you think that this is going to impact her vision? And everybody has told us no. And we're like, all right, it's fine. Friday comes and goes. We still have no answers. They're like, since she's reacting well to the steroids, we'd like to give her the five-day dose. And then we'll give you a taper off at home. You can continue to give her the medication at home. And I said, okay, you know, that's, that's fine. I would much prefer she's on steroids in the hospital, you know, like it's it's fine to stay five days. My mother-in-law is still at my house. My brother-in-law is still at my house. They're still taking care of my son. He's happy. And then once we got her stable and she started being okay, being away from my son was so hard because I'm. His person, you know, and I just, that's my baby. I feel like when I had my children, I feel like there's two strings, individual strings that are attached from me to each one of my kids. And I had to give her this attention. But she's okay now, and I trust where we're at, right? And now I'd want to give him this attention. But the problem that I had was... If I go home, does that make it worse for the caregivers when I leave again? So I was kind of bound by that at the hospital, and I couldn't leave to go home with him, which was really hard. And that was killing me. And they would FaceTime me, and he would see me, and he would say, Mom, you know, that was really, that was really hard. And, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday was just us waiting on more test results. Um, they had told us that we would get test results after she was in the hospital. They were waiting on fungal, uh, tests. They were waiting on bacterias. They were waiting on autoimmune disorders. And Sunday came and they let us leave. And... I was so excited walking out of that hospital with my daughter that I was sobbing like the whole way out. And it was like a weird guilt, though, because I knew that there were people leaving that hospital without their children, which was such a mindful. You know, if you really want to question your relationship with God, uh, go sit in a children's hospital for a couple of days because what the fuck? I, you know, it's funny because everybody was like, we're praying for you. And it was so funny because every time somebody would send that, all I could think was at least somebody is because I'm not. I was so mad. I'm still so. I'm upset. I haven't been able to pray since it's been like uh, it's been two weeks. I haven't been able to pray since. Why do you do this? Why does any of this exist? And my kid even isn't, it's, I mean, it's a big deal for us, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. I met a woman there in the cafeteria who had spent over 150 days in that hospital. Her son had um, cerebral palsy and he got a surgery a couple of years ago. And she's been in the hospital like since back and forth. And I'm like, I and mean, you got kids, you got cancer floors. You got, we, we were taking our daughter for a walk down the hallway. You have a family standing out of a window looking into the room, sobbing. You know, I couldn't bring myself to pray because... You're all-knowing, right? You know I need help in this moment. I'm I'm not going to beg you for it. I don't have it in me to beg. You know, I've never been in a place with my position, like with faith. And I was... You know, it's such a mind fuck because it's like I would do anything for my daughter, right? And you would think that I would beg for help. But if there is a God and he can control or has a part in all of this, why am I going to beg the being for help who did this in the first place? So we're walking out of the hospital. I'm crying because I'm happy, but I'm trying not to cry or be too happy because I'm trying to be respectful of other parents who aren't doing as well as us. And we got her in the car, and I felt like I couldn't breathe until we got home. I was like just get me home because now you've left the bubble. There's no doctors, there's no nurses. And our, our room was right in front of the nurses station. So I could just open my door and be like, hi, Uh, you know, she's got something on her face. Can you come look at it? You know? And uh, we got home and I was so happy when we got in the driveway, because I just, my feet landed, we landed, we were there. And then I walked inside my house and like, it felt foreign to me. Like, were my counters shorter? Did I grow an inch? Like, I felt like I didn't know where anything was. I felt like I didn't know how to do anything. So weird. And then, you know, I could feel my body relaxing as we got home, which was great. And, uh, you know, a little here, a little there. I still couldn't sleep. I got to sleep in my own bed. I put my kids in the bed and I just held them and slept. And I saw my son and my son, just he just let me hold him. And I got to just like kiss him and hold him and say hi. And then Monday came and my neighbors had thrown a little homecoming party for my daughter. Which was so fun, you know, and just to see her play and be with her friends and see my son be happy and just, you know, and I thanked everybody and I cried and, you know, I just kind of cried on and off. I've just been crying on and off this whole time. And, uh, Tuesday came and my aunt, who had flown in from another state to be with us, got pink eye. (laughs) So in a turn of events, she comes in to help us. And on her last day, she gets pink eye. So she leaves. And then my stepmother-in-law and my father-in-law come in to stay the night because they're going to take care of my son. So I can take her back to the children's hospital for a specialist appointment. And we get to the specialist appointment and they're telling us that her vision is impacted or impaired. So we have to start patching her every day for two hours a day. I have to tape up her eyelid on what we call her special eye. And then we, I, I, I'll show them to you. I'll put them on TikTok. I made these sunglasses where I fashioned her a little eye patch. Because the thing is, is these eye patch adhesives are so sticky that if I were to put the eye patch on her eye every day, it would tear apart that skin. And I don't want to deter her from doing it. So I've been making these sunglasses, and then I've been patching up her eye. And it's been working, and the doctor's happy with it, and whatever. So I have to do that. Thursday, before we go to bed, she's got blisters all over her fingers. I have no idea what it's from. Her fingers are blistering. I send a message to... The neurologists and they were like, We want you to follow up with your pediatrician. And I'm like, That's fine. I had an appointment for her follow up on Friday, anyways, for the pediatrician. So Friday they call me and they're like, Hey, did you call your pediatrician? I said, Actually, I'm on my way there right now. And they said, Okay, let us know what they say. And I said, All right. So I get to the pediatrician, she checks her out, and she says, You know, she's got a little bit of a cough. She's got uh, the blisters on her fingers. She's got a little redness in her ear. She goes, I want to test her for strep. It's going around like crazy. Let's test her for strep. And I'm like, yeah, fine, whatever. She said, I'll call you in an hour with the results. And I said, okay. So I pack my daughter up. I put her in the car. I get on the highway. It's traffic. Not moving very fast. And I talk to my sister on the phone, and I can feel myself getting wavy. When I get anxious, my head gets wavy. It gets light. It feels like it's not attached to my body. And I can feel my heart start to speed up and i can feel my chest starting to close and i'm talking to my sister on the phone and i'm like i can't breathe that i can't i have to pull over and now i can't pull over because i'm in the middle lane and there's two lanes of traffic and i got to i got to pull off the road i have to pull off the road i got to get off and my sister's like okay just breathe your daughter's in the back seat of the car don't start crying cuz she's going to cry you don't want her to be upset just pull off. So I pull off and I drive a little bit and I'm starting to shake, starting to cry. I pull into McDonald's and I got her some food because she was hungry. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm hungry. Maybe I just need to eat something. So I'd gotten us some food real quick. And I was like, I think I can make it home if I take the side roads. So I get on the street and I'm on the right side of the road and all I want to do is get my daughter home. And I just start breaking down. And I told my sister, I can't take one more thing. I can't take one more thing. And my sister's like, do you want me to stay on the phone with you? And I said, no, let me just focus. And I'll call you back. Keep your phone on you. So I turn the air on as much as I can. I'm putting water on my face because the wa- the air can't get cold enough. I can't breathe in air deep enough. And I'm like, I can't drive. So I pull off the side of the road. I put my hazards on. And all of a sudden, I cannot drive. I'm like gasping for air. I'm visibly shaking. My hands and my legs are shaking. And I'm, my grandmother calls me and she's like, how's it going? And I'm crying. And I'm like, I, I think I'm having a nervous breakdown. And she goes, oh my God, okay. Like, what do you need me to do? And I was like, I don't know what, you know, I don't know. And the doctor had called me at that point to give me the results for my daughter's strep test and I said I gotta go I gotta talk to the doctor and the doctor gets on the phone and she starts talking and she said you know I uh I got the strep test but the strep test is negative and I said okay and she's like you know just keep an eye on the fingers whatever and I just and I wasn't going to tell her I wasn't gonna tell her because I'm crazy and my You know, I can get through this. I can do anything by myself, right? And uh, she's just talking and I can't hear anything that she's saying. And I just stopped her and I go, can I tell you something? And she said, yeah. And I said, I think I'm having a breakdown. And she goes, okay. Okay. She goes, are you in the car? And I said, yeah. And she goes, okay, are you parked? And I said, yeah. And she said, okay, just, she said, just talk to me. So I said, uh, I said, I can't breathe. I'm hot. I'm shaking. And she said, okay, are you visibly shaking? Can you see yourself shaking or can you feel yourself shaking? And I said, I can see myself shaking. And she said, okay. You're having a panic attack. She's like, this is very real. This is not, you know, you're not making this up. This is very real happening to your body. <clears throat> and I said, okay. And uh, she said, can you tell me what it is that kind of set this off? And I said, it was the strep test. I can't take one more thing with my daughter. And She goes, okay. Um. She said, you know, I know that you think that this is the test, right? She said, but this is actually everything else, and your body's just catching up. She goes, you know, when you went through the hospital, you're just doing it. You're in in work mode. You're in go mode, you know. And then when you get out of the hospital and everything's starting to calm down, she goes, your body is having a fear response. To what is happening. She said, You know, she said, your body is having the same response that it would have if you were being chased by a bear. Like, that's, you know, this is a fear response. And she goes, It's a very legitimate response to everything that your daughter has been through. This is your baby. You're having a fear response to that. And I said, Okay. And she said, I need you to give me your location just in case you do lose consciousness so I can send an ambulance. She goes, I will sit on the phone with you as long as this takes. Um, she goes, It can last anywhere between 15 and 30 minutes. She goes, I know it's going to seem like forever. But she's like, you know, just, we're just going to sit here and talk and breathe and just keep talking to me. And, you know, just talk to me about anything. And I started to calm down. And, you know, over time, it, it felt like I was, it felt like forever. And my husband had called me because he was on his way home from work and I was actually on his route home from work. And I told the doctor, I said, let me call my husband and see if he can come meet me. And uh, so I called my husband and I said, you know, can you, can you come get me? And he's like, yeah, let's, you know, I'll come get you. So he came and he met me and he's like, what do you want to do? Do you want me to drive you home? Do you want me to come back and get the car? Like, what do you want to do? And at this point, I had calmed down. I was still, like, nervous, but I had calmed down, and I was like, you know what? I think I can drive home. I cannot have her in the car with me, so let's just switch cars. And my husband got in the lane behind, like, he was behind me, Um. and I got home, and I was I, I haven't been able to recover. Uh, you know friday i was nervous and lightheaded and i couldn't stop crying saturday morning i had somewhere i had to be um my girlfriend had to drive with me there and then had to drive me home from there i had to i have to like practice driving now and uh yeah so, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. This is Tuesday when I'm recording this. Um, <clears throat> no changes. She's had one test come back positive. And I don't know if that's the cause yet of our situation. Um, as of right now, I have not heard or talked to the doctors. I'm going to wait today and then call them tomorrow. We were having a birthday party for my son on Saturday because we celebrate his half birthday because he was born on in December, right around Christmas, which we canceled, which broke my heart. Um... You know, what? I'm just struggling right now to uh, find a a steady place of happiness. My daughter is fine. You know, she's great. She has been wearing her glasses every day for two hours a day, which is amazing to me because she's three years old and I have to like tape up her eyelid and she's taking her medicine even though she didn't want to. She would just be like, ugh, all right. And then she takes it. Um, I found myself slowing down a lot because like I said earlier like I just don't care about certain things um, which has allowed me to accomplish more I find myself being more present uh, with my children you know we spend so much time as parents trying to protect our kids right like uh <laughs> You know, you try to protect them from drowning. So you put them in floaties and you swim with them in the pool. You try to protect them from crossing the street and strangers. And um, when they're sick, you give them medicine and you, you know. And unfortunately, I do this thing where I always think about the worst case scenario and, and the most awful things happening to my kids, right? Because I'm so worried that one day they're not going to be with me. Um that scanning my kid for, uh, you know, something life-threatening wasn't even on my radar. And even though she doesn't have it, and, and a lot of people will try to tell you, like, well, that's good, right? Like, that's that's good. Yes, it is good. But the fact that that was a reality, like, is also just messing with me a lot. Like, the fact that that was a real thing that we were looking at at a point in time. I don't really know how to organize my thoughts with this one. I am going to call my therapist. I'm just not ready to call her yet. I don't want to talk to her. I, to be honest with you, I don't really want to talk to anybody for some reason. I don't... uh I don't know. I'm just kind of existing right now. And and some points in the day I find it getting easier and some points in the day I don't. I feel like I'm, <clears throat> I feel like I'm in a hangover. Like my body is sore. I feel like uh, swollen. My daughter has a update or a, I'm sorry, a, another appointment on Monday. So I'll keep you guys updated on that. We don't have anything just yet. Um, yeah, and, and she just exists like this now until she doesn't, I guess. And that's hard, too. You know, I I don't want this to impair her vision for the rest of her life. I don't want her to have to go through surgery to rectify the situation. You know, I just want it to, I want her to wake up and have it be gone as quickly as it came. That would be my dream. Um, some days the pupil responds and some days it doesn't. Doctors had said you'll go back and forth when it comes to, uh, you know, progress. So don't get, you know, don't get too distraught when you don't see the same results that you saw the day before. So I'm trying not to, um, you know, and if there was a lesson to be learned through this whole thing, I I learned it. I learned that. Things are just things there's things, none of them matter. Get rid of them all. I've learned that relationships um and things that you do for people in relationships, you know, in a weird way, relationships are self-serving, right? You do it because it makes you feel good, you get a positive something out of it. But when you give, when you give, that should not be self serving. When you give, there should be no strings attached. When you give, it should make you feel good to give, but when you give, you just let it go and you give. <clears throat> I've also learned to just let go of things that, that don't serve us. And that's fine. My husband and I had a conversation about, because my husband's very non-confrontational and I'm very confrontational, and I just told him, I, at any point in time when it comes to my children or my husband, I do not have it in me to be kind. I do not have it in me to be forgiving. Um, But also, I shouldn't have to have it in me. I need to, um, you know, I just, I'm keeping the focus on myself. I'm keeping the focus on my family. Um, And I'm keeping the focus on that for right now. Anyways, that's the story. And that's what I have for you. And I will have some updates when I have them. I'll probably put them on, like, TikTok first. So if you want to follow me there, you can. If you want to listen to this, it'll be on Spotify or anywhere else. Um, Yeah, and other than that, thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for being patient. Thanks for coming back. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next time. My name's Bacon Bears. That's my opinion.